0: have your bibles would you open them to ecclesiastes chapter 3 you know a feeling that is very prevalent right now is a feeling of loss there's many people who are mourning their they have a feeling of loss because in times of crisis when there's so many changes change equates to many people with loss some are mourning the fact that they study so hard and work so hard and now their graduation has been postponed. Couples who had planned a wedding are now needing to reschedule. Business owners are seeing their hard work in jeopardy. And there's many others who are looking, who are looking forward to, to something amazing in their life and due to this crisis and the changes that it's bringing They're needing to cancel or postpone. Now, we know that this crisis is bringing changes. And we need to learn to be able to manage those changes. And the first problem with changes is that many of us, many, the the average person does not like changes. In fact, many and most resist or avoid changes. But today we want to talk about Learning to manage, learning to handle changes because changes are not just inevitable, they are necessary. Without changes, we'll stay stuck. Without changes, we can't grow. Without changes, we won't advance. And while we may never, or some people may never, fully embrace changes or like changes, we do need to learn to manage them, to handle them because changes. As much as you try, as much as you work, changes will always be a part of life. It's just part of nature. It's just part of living, right? We were kids, and then we had to change into uh, teenagers. And then from teenagers, we went into young adults. And from adults, we went to elderly. And, And just change is part of life. And in every change, every change, especially the ones I just mentioned, Drastic changes are necessary. Drastic changes take place. So, this is not a message about convincing you to like change, but this is a message to help you manage. Changes, Because especially in this crisis that we're living, life is changing fast. Our, our home life is changing fast. Our church life is changing fast. Our society is experiencing many changes. And we need to learn to be able to manage those changes. If you have your Bible open with me in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we're going to read verses 1 through 4. And then uh, we're going to skip to 11. And look at what the Bible says right there. It says, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. And skip with me to verse 11, the first part of verse 11. And look at what it says. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. Solomon begins, Solomon, a man who was known for his wisdom, for his knowledge, for his intellect. He says, For everything in life, there is a season. Now, the first thing about seasons is that seasons are temporary, change is to be expected in seasons. Right now, we got three little ones at home, and it's very chaotic. And uh, one of the ways my wife and I, we encourage each other is by reminding ourselves that it's a season. That the season of changing diapers will end. That the season of messy eating will change. Or at least that's our hope. But that's what Solomon is telling us. Now look at the amazing contrast. Look at the enormous contrast that Solomon makes that he mentions. He talks about birth and death. He talks about planting and harvest. He talks about health And killing. He talks about building and tearing down, about laughter and and crying, about dance and regret. And we love, we love to hug the newborn, but it's also hard to let go of our loved one at the funeral. We love hearing stories about healing, but our hearts are broken when stories have to end in death. We love seeing our houses be built. But we are saddened when our houses are destroyed. But here's the important thing. Here's what we need to capture today. Both extremes are just part of life. It's part of life. In fact, look at it, what Ecclesiastes 7:14 says. It says, "When times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, Consider this. Look at what he says. When times are good, be happy. When times are hard, here's something that we need to stop and consider. Stop and ponder. God, God has made the one as well as the other. Therefore, no one can discover anything about their future. Here's what this text is telling us. It's telling us that God is intentional, that God is present, that God is working In good times as well as at bad times. That God is there when good things are happening and when bad things are happening. Why? Here's why. Here's a big reason why. There's a couple of reasons why, but here's one that we want to emphasize today. Because God is wanting to take you and me to higher levels of maturity. When change comes, whether it is good or bad, God is working to elevate you and to elevate me to a higher level of maturity. And in life, we're going to experience good things and bad things. Good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. It's part of life. But, but, but here's what's important. The important thing is that we would stop and consider that God intends to use every good and bad, every good and difficult situation, every positive and negative situation to build up our character. In fact, I, I, I want to encourage you. I know that we're being bombarded with so many changes and there's so much fear and there's so much uh, negative stuff going on. But, but, but there's something that God put in my heart. And while our circumstances matter to God, and God will work in our circumstances, and he will improve this situation, what God is first and foremost looking for is your character. is how you are responding. How your heart is going about what is happening. And I'll tell you a little secret that the Bible speaks about. When we get our character right, when we get our heart, when we get our thinking in alignment with God, where God wants it. Let me tell you something. Our circumstances will change faster because God is more interested in you than in what is happening in the circumstances. So do you want all that God has for you? Do you want to reach all the things that God meant for you to have? Do you want to see God's glory move in your home, in your business, in your kids, in your marriage? If you do, don't run from change. Embrace, or at the very least, learn to manage change. Because God uses change to propel us forward, to send us higher. And life, life is a series of changes that help us grow. I want you to remember this quote because I think it'll really bless us and it'll really encourage us during this time. It is not a verse. It is a quote that I found online. But I think it's so true. And it says the following. In change, we often lose something good. And many of us in this crisis and with the changes that it's bringing, we're losing good things. Some of you, you're losing your business and it was a good thing. You're losing an opportunity. You're losing uh, so much. And in change, we often lose good things. But look at the second part. But we can also gain something greater. And let me tell you something. If your faith is in Jesus... If your eyes and your ears and your heart is in tune with God, let me tell you something. There is nothing good that you'll lose in this crisis that God won't replace with something greater. And that is our hope, amen? So I want to talk very briefly about four things, four actions that we can do to help us manage change. Let me share them with you really quickly. Number one, in times of change, the first thing, the first thing that we have to keep in mind, the first truth that we have to remember is not to make permanent decisions in temporary conditions. In times of change, don't make permanent decisions in temporary conditions. In times of crisis, we are tempted to make permanent decisions because of the changes that are taking place. And maybe some of you are thinking, well, I lost my business. So I'm never going to dream again. I'm never going to try again. Don't make that permanent decision. If your school was closed and you're saying, you know, I might as well drop out, do not make that permanent decision in these temporary conditions. In crisis, changes come to us on a daily basis, sometime on an hour-by-hour basis. And it's necessary that we learn to make the right decisions. And you may be wondering, well, Pastor Nestor, how do we make the right decisions? Here's how. By following and seeking God's guidance. Well, how do we follow God's guidance? Really easy. Through prayer. When you pray, you will hear and God will reveal his will for your life that will help you make the right choices. Look at what Psalms 143 verse 8 says. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. For I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For to you I entrust my life. The psalmist begins that verse by saying, Let every morning bring me word of your unfailing love. In other words, talk to me every day, Lord. I want to hear your voice. I want to I hear your loving voice Speak to my life. Every morning we, we ought to be asking and expecting God to tell us, show us what to do. To show the path that we should take. To reveal to us the decisions that he wants us to make. To, to make his will clear for us to follow. And listen, it is through prayer. It won't be watching Netflix. It won't be strolling through Facebook. It won't be uh, in any other way. The best way that God reveals his will for us is when we pray and we spend time in his word. Through prayer, here's the awesome thing. Through prayer, not only can you talk to God and let him know your needs, let him know what's in your heart, let him know about your challenges, but most importantly, through prayer, we can hear God speak back to us. And if you talk to God, And if you make time to listen, God will speak to you. When you worship, when you get in God's word, you tune, you tune in to heaven's radio and God is able to speak to you. Let me tell you something. Many people say, well, God doesn't really speak to me. No, no, no. God is always speaking. God loves us so much that he's always wanting to guide us. He's always wanting to say something to us. The problem is that we're too distracted. The problem is that we're often not tuning in. We're not opening the door that allows God's voice and God's message to reach us. When you pray, when you worship, when you get in God's word, you will hear God speak to you and you will make the right decisions. Look at what the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. This is a very familiar uh, passage, but, but I think it's fitting for our conversation. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend or do not lean on your own understanding. Seek his will in all, in all that you do. Not just in the hard stuff. But in all that we do, and He will show you which path to take. You know, in the pain of change, remembering that the Lord uh, is allowing this to make us a better person can help us. And often, God is letting us go through hardships because He's wanting to refine us, He's wanting to purify us, He's wanting, as I said, Elevate us. And we can't always see God doing that. We can't always see God working and making us better, making, making uh, everything around us better. And that is where this psalm comes into play. And even when we can't see God working, we need to know that he is. And we need to trust that he is. And that is why this psalm tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And to trust God, it means that we say, well, Lord, I don't like this pain. I don't like this change, but I trust you, Lord. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be guided by what I'm feeling. I'm not going to be guided by my emotions. I'm not going to be guided by my fear, by my undoubt, but I am going to trust you. I am going to listen to your voice. I am going to seek your will Because I know that if I do, you will get me through this crisis. You will get me through these hard changes. You know, if you're needing to make some very difficult decisions in the midst of this crisis, the best thing you can do is to not lean, do not depend on your own understanding. I spoke about this in our midweek service. But to trust God, our understanding tells us, that some things that God is wanting to use for our good are just bad. If we lean in our own understanding, we'll think that every difficulty is bad, that all pain is bad, that all suffering is bad. And the Bible tells us that God can work all things for the good of those that love Him. In fact, look at what James says in James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble When trouble of what? Of any kind. Trouble of any kind comes your way. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So what? Let it grow. You see how change brings growth? For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect. In other words, mature and complete, needing nothing. Why would James tell us? That when we go through various difficult challenges, that we can have joy. That we can choose. By the way, joy is a choice. You can have joy in any circumstance. And that is what James is telling us. Choose joy, no matter how difficult, no matter how negative. And why would James say that? Here's why. We can have joy when we understand that God is at work for our good. When we understand that God is working something out that will be for our benefit and for his glory. And I want to tell you that even in the midst of this crisis, God is doing something great for the church. And God is doing something great for your life. I know you may have lost your job. I know there's a lot of uncertainty. But my eyes are not placed on what I can see. My heart is fully confident in the one I trust. And he is working something great for our good. Can I hear an amen? Can you just say amen right there where you are if you believe that? Second thing, in times of change, keep doing the right thing and you will reap a blessing. Look at what Galatians 6, 9 tells us. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. Look at this condition. If we don't give up. In times of crisis, we are going to be tempted to stop doing good. When things are going wrong, it's easier to do what is wrong. But Paul tells us to not give up, to not get tired, to not conform, to continue doing good. Not just because it'll be good for others, but because it'll be good for us. It will reap blessing into our lives. What are some of the good things that we ought to continue doing, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me mention a few. Keep sharing the good news. More than ever, we need to be sharing the good news. The good news are news of hope and peace, and our world needs hope and peace, and they need a Savior. And you and I know that Savior, Jesus Christ. So keep taking advantage of every opportunity to share the good news. What's another good thing we need to keep doing? Keep putting God's Word into practice. Keep obeying God. The things that you know you ought to do, keep doing them. Keep obeying. It's important that we get in this book, but it's important that we follow this book in our everyday lives. Also, another good thing we need to keep doing is we need to be good citizens. We need to be good workers. We need to be good neighbors. We need to be good husbands. We need to be good parents. Our kids are going to get on our nerves. They're going to test our patience. You know, spending so much time at home with your wife is going to test your marriage. Keep doing what is good. Keep being a godly person. Keep obeying the laws. You may not agree with them, but our leaders need our support. Let's obey. Let's contribute. Let's be part keep praying for our leaders, keep loving difficult people. I know there's a lot of difficult people out in the grocery stores and out in the roads, but let's keep loving them. Let's keep being generous. I know many are taking a hit in their finances, but if you are blessed enough where you still have a job, where financially you are still blessed, we got to keep being generous more than ever. And I also think that a good thing we need to keep doing is we got to keep having a good sense of humor. Laughter is good for the soul. Laughter is good for the body. We need to laugh. Keep loving and protecting your family. And these are good things that we need to keep doing. Third truth. In times of change, focus on your faith, not your frustrations. Focus on your faith and not your frustrations. In this situation with COVID-19... There's so many changes that are happening that are frustrating to us. Some not being able to work or having to have to work from home or not being able to participate in your, in your sport or, or, as I mentioned, your graduations, your vacations and, and having to have to stay home. All these restrictions can be frustrating. I've gotten so many calls of of our congregation saying, Pastor, you know, I just miss hugging people so much. This is so crazy. I can't wait to see people again face to face and give them a big hug. And I know that changes bring frustration. But this is not a time to focus on our frustration. This is a time to focus on our faith. We may be upset that the economy is taking a big hit. It's taking a big hit many who had been saving for their retirements are seeing their retirements disappear others are at the brink of bankruptcy and others are going to lose or have already lost their business and there's much frustration but our faith needs to be bigger than our frustration it is in these times Where our faith needs to shine. It is in these times where we need to put aside our frustration and feed our faith. If you feed your frustration, you will live a frustrated life. But if you feed your faith, your frustrations will go by the wayside. We need to hold tight. How do we feed our faith? We need to hold tight to the presence of God. We got to be spending time. We should have always been doing this. But now more than ever, we need to be spending time with God. Just alone, not not, not this general superficial spending time with God. Time where you you lock yourself. Time where you just maybe isolate yourself to a corner of your house, of course. And you just say, okay, God, it's me and you. No phone, no music, no distractions. It's just me and you. I want to feel you. We need to cling to the presence of God. That is going to feed our faith. We also need to hold to God's purposes. God's purposes will prevail, and we need to anchor our life. We need to anchor ourselves to God's promises. If you hold tight to God, if you hold tight to his presence, to his promises, to his purposes, you will feel safe. If you cling tenaciously to his purposes... Let me tell you something. You got a great future coming ahead. The best is not behind you, but ahead of you. Because God is faithful and God's plans will be fulfilled. Look at what Psalms 3311 tells us. The plans of the Lord stand forever. God's plans are greater than this COVID-19. God's plans for you are greater than an economy that is falling apart. God's plans are greater than a business closing down. God's plans for you are eternal and they will come to pass. The plans of the Lord stand forever. The plans of his heart stand through the future of all people. And God is going to fulfill his purpose for our life. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know that. But I do know that he is able and that he is willing and that we will see it. Look at what the psalmist said in Psalms 30, 11 and 12. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. Many of you who are going to sleep crying, the day will come where God will replace that crying with joy. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. That I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give you thanks forever. For truth, in times of change, be grateful instead of complaining. Be grateful instead of complaining. It's so easy to complain. But I also believe it's easy to be grateful. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, another very well-known verse. But look at what it says. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Which, by the way, if you pray, you can't worry. But if you don't pray, you're going to worry. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And not only that, because we're really good at telling God what we need. But there's a second part of that. And thank Him for all He has done. Listen, I know we're in a crisis. I know... Things are changing fast. But even in the midst of need and difficulty, there are things we need to be grateful for. There are things that God is doing, that God has done, that we can thank him for in the middle of this time. Look at verse 7. This is so key because this is what we all want. But we missed the first part, and this is why we're not getting the second part. Verse 7 says, it says, then, when is then? When, when, when we come to God, when we, when we tell him what we need, but we also thank him for what he has done. It says that then you're going to experience God's peace, which exceeds everything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. How is it that God guards our hearts and our minds through Jesus? But that's when we tell him what we need, and we also thank him for what he has done. The truth is that all that we have is a gift from God all that we have. We don't deserve anything. Everything we have is by the grace of God. The fact that we're living is a gift from God. Our salvation is the biggest gift from God. And I want to challenge you. I want to invite you. In the midst of so much loss, in the midst of so much difficult stuff going on, I want to challenge you to make a list every day and say, these are three things I'm grateful for, Lord. Practice gratitude in your heart. If you are not grateful, you will complain. But if you bring your needs to God, and if you thank him for what he has done, you can be sure that his peace that surpasses all understandings, surpasses all circumstances, would fill your life and guard your heart and mind in Jesus Christ. In conclusion, I want to end this message just reminding us of the most important change, of the most important thing in our life. And the most important thing are not good times or bad times. The most important thing in our lives is having God in the middle of it and obeying His Word. That is the most important thing we can do. In any circumstance of life, the best thing that anyone can do is to anchor themselves to God because he is the only solid, immovable foundation that we have in our lives. And when you stand on the rock, which is Jesus Christ, you can be secure that you will ride out the storms. We hope you enjoyed this message, but before you go, We want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but He didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life.